the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. More states lift mask mandates. We say that is the right decision to lift this mandate. The Army releases a new report detailing the flaws in America's withdrawal from Afghanistan. The reporting from the Atlantic, the reporting from other sources, and now from the Army investigation shows that plenty of people were predicting that. They just didn't want to hear it. A historical spacecraft gets a day at the spa. It should be kept and preserved because it represents uh, one of the greatest triumphs of the space program. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, February 10th. I'm Mike Scott. The White House is facing growing pressure to lift mask mandates and announced it is making plans for a less disruptive phase of the national virus response. But impatient states, including Democrat strongholds like New York, made clear they're not waiting for Washington as public frustration grows. Governor Kathy Hochul announced that New York will end its COVID-19 mandate requiring face coverings in most indoor public settings. At this time, we say that is the right decision to lift this mandate for indoor businesses and let counties, cities, and businesses to make their own decisions on what they want to do with respect to masks or the vaccination requirement. In announcing his plans to lift the state of Illinois' indoor mask mandate, Governor J.B. Pritzker had this to say. People really do feel that the trajectory here is one that we're going to be able to hold on to. Meantime, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked if President Biden appears out of touch with the nation as states roll back pandemic mitigation measures. From the federal government, uh, what our responsibility to do is to abide by what the president committed to on the campaign, which is to listen to scientists, listen to data. Uh, That doesn't move at the speed of politics, it moves at the speed of data. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky was asked if the agency's prepared to give governors guidance on easing mitigation measures. Yes, we are prepared. We are working on that guidance. We are working on, you know, following the trends for the moment. White House Virus Response Coordinator Jeff Zients says the administration is working with a range of people on making the pandemic response less restrictive. Reaching out to governors and outside public health experts and doctors and local public health officials on steps we should be taking to keep the country moving forward. And Press Secretary Saki says Americans are ready to get back to normal life. We recognize people are tired of the pandemic. They're tired of wearing masks. I bet all of you are. I certainly know I am. Uh, we all understand that. Taking a look at our neighbors to the north, Canadian lawmakers expressed increasing worry Tuesday about the economic impact of demonstrations near the busiest border crossing between the U.S. and Canada, 
after it became partially blocked by truckers protesting vaccine mandates. Windsor, Ontario Mayor Drew Dilkin saying the ambassador branch into the United States is too important economically to remain closed for long. Almost a full third of international trade between the United States and Canada crosses at the ambassador bridge. And so when this bridge is closed for an hour, uh, it is noticed by the auto sector immediately, it's noticed by the greenhouse sector and many others. When it's closed for a number of days, uh, people start demanding action. Meantime, Senator Ted Cruz says Canadian protesters who are using trucks to blockade the capital in Ottawa and U.S. border crossings are making a strong statement. I think the Canadian truckers are standing up for freedom. I think it is powerful to watch. It is an incredible groundswell. It's an organic groundswell from the people. I think the Canadian truckers are standing up not just for the freedom of Canadians, but for the freedom of Americans. The White House answered through Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who said the trucker protests in Canada have the administration's attention. We support peaceful protest, uh, but we have concerns when those protests turn violent. And certainly I think it's important for everyone in Canada and the United States to understand what the impact of this blockage is, uh, potential impact on, uh, on workers, on the supply chain, and that is where we are most focused. Iran has unveiled a new missile that has a range that could reach U.S. bases in the region, as well as Israeli targets. Correspondent Karen Chamis has more. Iranian State TV reported that the missile has a range of 900 miles. It is called the Khaybar Buster, a reference to a Jewish castle overrun by Muslim warriors in the early days of Islam. The report said the missile has high accuracy, is manufactured completely domestically, and can defeat missile shield systems. Israel's closest point to Iran is some 620 miles away. The announcement comes as negotiations continue in Vienna to revive Tehran's tattered nuclear deal with world powers. I'm Karen Chamas. Growing frustration. A new report from the Army on the exit from Afghanistan details some of the failures that resulted in the loss of more than a dozen troops and the abandonment of thousands of Americans behind Taliban lines. Ed Morrissey, senior editor at HotAir.com and host of the Ed Morrissey Show, joined the Daybreak Insider podcast to discuss the significance of that report and what it means for American foreign policy. Recently, the Army released a report on the withdrawal from Afghanistan. What's the biggest takeaway from that report? The biggest takeaway is the lack of preparation that uh, took place in, within the Biden administration for a policy which they were bound and determined to follow regardless of what the outcome was going to be. And, and I think what's interesting about this Army investigative report is that it sort of strips away the, the excuses that Biden and the administration were saying that, well, nobody uh, brought up these potential issues to us. It's clear that they were being raised early and often and that the White House simply didn't want to have to deal with it. And that uh, that type of preparation should have gone much, much farther than it did before them before they started pulling any troops out let alone shut down Bagram. So why should the average American care about what's in this report? I've seen some reporting about this in places like the Washington Post and the New York Times as well. Now, they have 
given the Biden administration some benefit of the doubt in the claims that nobody had actually predicted that the, that the Afghan government would fall as fast as it did, that, the, that Kabul would fall as fast as it would. But the reporting from the Atlantic, the reporting from other sources, and now from the Army investigation shows that plenty of people were predicting that. They just didn't want to hear it. How do you think Russia and China view our withdrawal from Afghanistan? Well, I think you're already seeing it in Ukraine. I, I think that the the Russians took the measure of Joe Biden last summer and decided that this would be a good time to press the advantage in Ukraine. The, the, the big game for Russia in this is they want to push NATO back, or at least hold them in place. There is a, something called the Bucharest Declaration in 2008, in which NATO, which was during the George W. Bush administration, which NATO declared that Ukraine and Georgia would become NATO members, that they had, there was already an agreement and Russia did not want NATO extended to Russia's Russia proper borders. How does the Bucharest Declaration fit into all of this? In 2008, just three months after the Bucharest Declaration, uh, Georgia invaded. Uh, excuse me, Russia invaded Georgia. They broke off uh, South Ossetia and Abkhazia, which were, were the bordering provinces of Georgia on the Russian border, and set them up as supposedly independent states, but they're basically vassal states. They're buffers. Um, and just in case Georgia decided to go ahead and adopt NATO membership, uh, they're doing the same thing in Ukraine now. And Vladimir Putin doesn't want NATO on his borders. And this is a propitious time. He sees it because of Joe Biden's weakness, his fecklessness, his inability to think strategically. Uh, this is this is a perfect time for Vladimir Putin to take advantage of that. And finally, what message do you think our botched exit from Afghanistan sends to our allies. Well, I think that it sent the message that we're not going to we're not going to consult or engage with allies that it when it, when it comes to these types of strategic decisions that American presidents, especially Joe Biden, think very very short term, think really in terms only of personal interest rather than strategic interest rather than western security interests. And that's not to say that staying in Afghanistan was a was perhaps the best expression of a Western security interest, but leaving in the way that we did, leaving our own people behind, not to mention the British, not to mention some other allies, not to mention the people in Afghanistan who've been supporting us all along, really sends a message that you can't rely on the United States to um, to defend you after, after you've gone in with them on anything. That is a very dangerous message for American descent. Our thanks to Ed Morrissey for joining the Daybreak Insider podcast. To read more from Ed, head to hotair.com. Answering her critics, RNC Chair Rona McDaniel appeared on Fox News and explains that the media distorted her comments in regards to the censure of House Republicans Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Clarifying her remarks on the violence around January 6th, she said this. Legitimate political discourse never includes violence. There was a bomb in front of the RNC on January 6th. I know better than anyone, violence isn't part of that discourse. McDaniel went on to explain why Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger were censured by the RNC. But when you have two members who are willing to go with Nancy Pelosi, when the minority, when the Republican Party was not able to put people on that committee of their choosing, that's a step too far. Meantime, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi pulled no punches. 
You've heard me say again and again that the Republicans seem to be having a limbo contest with themselves to see how low they can go. They seem to have reached rock bottom with their statement that what happened on January 6th was normal political discourse. Legitimate, legitimate political discourse. I've also said that Republican Party, country needs a strong Republican Party. They've made great contributions to our country. I say this to Republicans all the time. Take back your party from this cult. Relief at the pump? A pair of Democrat senators are putting forward legislation that would suspend the federal gas tax for the rest of the year. Correspondent Ben Thomas has the details. AAA puts the national average of a gallon of gasoline at more than $3.45 right now. Senators Mark Kelly and Maggie Hassan see that's putting a strain on American workers and families who could use a break from the federal gas tax. It's been 18.4 cents per gallon since 1993. Money from the gas tax goes into a trust fund that helps pay for highway construction projects and public transit. The senator's bill would require the Treasury Department to transfer general funds into the trust fund to keep it solvent. The bill faces an uphill fight to become law, but four other Democratic senators quickly signed on as co-sponsors. Ben Thomas, Washington. Own a Tesla? Almost 27,000 Tesla vehicles in the U.S. are the subject of a recall. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason has more. The problem is with the cabin heating system. It doesn't defrost the windshield quickly enough, cutting visibility and increasing the risk of a crash. The latest in a series of recent recalls, this one covers certain 2021 and 22 models 3, S, and X, and some 2020 through 2022 Model Y vehicles. The Apollo 16 spacecraft is dusty and home to more than a few cobwebs after it carried three astronauts to the moon. But the workers at a space museum are getting the capsule ready for events marking the 50th anniversary of its flight in 1972. Retired NASA astrobiologist Richard Hoover says it's vital to preserve the capsule. This is a piece of history that human beings should be able to enjoy millennia from now, not just in the next few decades or centuries, but uh, it should be kept and preserved because it represents uh, one of the greatest triumphs of the space program. Consulting curator Ed Stewart says it's also important to keep all the dust off the Apollo 16 capsule. Dust is made up of things like silica dust, but it's also made up of things like skin cells and um, could be Uh, pollen or all sorts of things and so those different materials if they were to build up and just stay there could cause a lot of problems down the road. And finally snowboarder Lindsay Jacobellis captured the United States first gold medal of the Beijing Olympics on Wednesday. Olympic correspondent Gethin Coolbaugh has all the details. Lindsay Jacobellis is finally an Olympic gold medalist. Don't count the little girl out. (laughs) 16 years after a premature celebration cost her the gold, the 36-year-old rode hard to the finish line in her fifth Olympics to become the oldest U.S. woman to win a gold with her victory in the women's snowboard cross. Some days it's very stressful and aggravating and anxiety's through the roof. But when 
when it all comes together and for days like this, it makes it worth it. It was the first gold of the Beijing Games for Team USA. I hope it definitely starts a trend and that the U.S. will keep rolling. Chase Josie will join Sean White in the men's halfpipe final. And in curling, Team Schuster defeated the Russian Olympic Committee 6-5 to in their first match in Beijing. I'm Geffen Kuhlbaugh. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.